Welcome to SKUcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs in the promotional products industry. SKUcast shines a light on our industry's best work, features maverick personalities, and discusses what's really involved in running a modern promotional products business. SKUcast is the official podcast of Common SKU. How did you define those roles? Did you just sort of understand and fit those? You had those passions? If it was hard, Corey did it. And if, <laughs> <laughs> and anything else, we would just divvy up. Yeah. And I would go on vacation. And that's the yeah, We encourage my dad to travel as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. that the secret? So that's how the family, that's that's, how the family that's business how works? The, uh, yeah, that's the hot fudge on the uh, ice cream. That's yeah, great. Just go away for a while. Blue Sky Marketing was founded 23 years ago by President Elliot Zerlin and has since been a family-run business with Sun's CEO, Todd Zerlin, VP of Business Development, Corey Zerlin, and VP of Sales, Brady Zerlin, with locations in Cardiff, California, Carbondale, Illinois, Denver, Colorado, Tucson, Arizona, and Austin, Texas. They have a high-touch service and a relentless work ethic that stems from Elliott's influence. They've also experienced multiple setbacks, including a challenge two years ago that disrupted the business but also caused the family and the company to rally together and work through it culminating in their best year ever in 2019, which is a great object lesson because this conversation was recorded in late January before the challenge of the coronavirus and the subsequent economic fallout hit us all. Throughout the Blue Sky journey, resiliency has been the hallmark of their operation. It was my privilege to sit down with the Zerlin family and explore what has not only held them together as a family, but what has allowed them to rebound to success time and time again. This episode is brought to you by CommonSkew, the work from anywhere platform that powers your connected workflow, enabling you to process more orders and dramatically grow your sales. To learn more or to begin your free trial now, visit commonsq.com. Now here's my conversation with the Zerlin family, Elliot, Todd, Corey, and Brady. Your business journey now, family-owned business, and let's start with where you're at. Corey, where are you at now in terms of the growth and maturity of the, of the business? Revenue, if you're comfortable, if you guys publish that at all? You know, it's after 22 years, this is our best sales year ever. Wow. It's, we've had year-over-year year growth, but this is the best by far in 20-plus years. Wow, that's fantastic. And, and tell us, Elliot, how did you start this business? Well, it goes back many, many years ago. Um, I, a friend of mine in the business was selling T-shirts to the Detroit Tigers. I said, gee, that's a very exciting idea, right? Yeah. And I was an accountant by trade. And I started talking to him about it. Got a little involved with him and met his screen printer. Got involved in what to do. The screen printer told me, why don't you start, I'll, we'll work together and we'll start a business on our own. It was called Crown Specialties at the time. And grew from there with uh, three salespeople. Then my son joined, one of my other sons joined the company, Todd. And it grew to a point where we got ourselves an investor, uh, which is uh, Todd's father-in-law. We moved from there to another location. And from there, we grew. And the story is just adding people, good people, smart people. And I would say that you can see where we've come from there to today. It's really been exciting. Yeah, road. I'll bet. Real, a good journey. Yeah, I'll bet. Brady, how many employees do you have now and what lo- where are your, all your locations? We have a total of about 40 employees, about 23 sales staff, and then support staff. Our main office headquartered in Northbrook, Illinois. 
Okay. And we have our second largest office in Solana Beach, California. And we have some satellite office in Tucson, Arizona, Austin, Texas, and Denver, Colorado. Okay. Elliot, what are you most proud of as you look back on this incredible success? You just had your best year ever for that of those humble from those humble beginnings. What are you most proud of as you look back over the history of your success? I think it by growth, it, 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 not just sales. I think growth has been with people, the clients we can handle. I remember years ago, the clients we have today, we couldn't control it. We couldn't get them. They would go some other places. Yeah. They're more sophisticated, more high demand. and Yes, and, uh, and needing better service, and, and I couldn't, we couldn't offer it at the time. Yeah. Today, with, as you see with Corey and Brady and, and the people we have, it's not a problem. There's yeah. no fear about yeah. getting clients. Let's talk about the type of clients that you have, Corey. What types of customers do you have and, and services are you providing for these customers? Our clients range from Fortune 500 to mid to large size companies that have tens of thousands of employees. Some are publicly traded. Some are private. Some have like large sales forces that need maybe an online solution to yeah. maybe send out products to their clients or their prospects. So it's, it runs a gamut. We like to try and get larger clients because they're easier to work with. They're just, they're harder to get, of course. Yeah. But what about you as you look back over the success of the business? What are a couple of things or what's something you're most proud of? I think the, the stability of the company, the growth of the company, like yeah. consistently growing like the people. And then one of the biggest things is like family. Like we've been doing this for so long together that, yeah. and it's always fun to talk about there's ups and downs, but we're all like the baseline is that we all care about each other, love each other and hope, you know, we want us, you know, to all succeed. Yeah. Yeah. And on the, on the point, I know we always like large clients, but you know, part of our success is we handle a lot of clients and different clients yeah. and we donate things and we spend time with people. And that's real important in our business. Yeah. I wanted to add, I wrote some notes about some poignant times. And yeah. I remember after nine 11 business, everyone's business was just shocked. And, and my dad immediately thought of how can we make lemonades out of lemon? And we started selling American flag lapel pins. Yeah. And that promoted our sales tremendously. And then when the dot-com bubble burst, you know, we had such a great diverse client base that kept us insulated yeah. from that, as well as when the pharmaceutical industry couldn't buy promotional items. You know, we had such a diverse client base that we could lean on for other type of sales. In addition to just recently, you know, the past recession, our diverse client base allows us to be resilient when other companies are failing. Yeah. That, that diversity of client base, just not the types of industries you sell to, obviously. Does that, does that also apply to diversity in the sense of no one client owns your company in the sense of their overall right. revenue? Exactly. I mean, if our largest client unfortunately left, you know, we would still be a strong company. Yeah. So. Yeah. What about headwinds? What do you guys, what do you think guys, if you look back and see some of the biggest challenges, maybe let's, let's try and draw that into maybe the past five to 10 years or so. What were some of the biggest challenges you overcame? Well, we, at one time we had a moment where we were hiring and looking for salespeople. Yeah. We've learned that the millennium crowd, we went for college graduates, hoping they would learn our business. We found out that there's too many, too many obstacles. Yeah. And the most successful people we have found are middle-aged, yeah. hard workers, 
have a, a strong value, a, a strong base. Normally our family members have families. And that was a really a, a moment that we had to look back and see what are we, where are we going with right. this. I think the challenge was not really understanding what motivated you know, workers these days, if yeah. it was money or flexibility yeah. or whatnot, right. to, to really put the best team together that was uh, all reaching for the same goal. Yeah. Let's talk about this family-owned business dynamic for a little bit. So Donald is, is, Don is not in the industry, but he's actually sitting here listening in on the podcast. And so we have Don, Corey, Brady. I have three brothers. And so, you know, we used to beat the shit out of each other. And I know what, what living with brothers is like. So I kind of know how this could possibly be extended into the family dynamic. There are a lot of family-owned businesses in the industry. Can you tell us how in your company, how does, how does, how has that been beneficial? And let's talk a little bit about the challenges of a family owned business. Elliot, do you want to start? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would not say there hasn't been challenges. Um, sure. it, it's a personality challenge. It's nothing to do about the, the love. Forget right. the love. The love is there all the time, no matter yeah. what they say or do. It does, does never change that. It's personalities. Corey is an engineer. Brady came from the other direction. Todd is uh, came from a lot of this, and you know, and you have to mold really your family into wanting to go in the right direction. And when that happened, it's full speed ahead. But again, I'm not saying it was like oh, everybody was. Uh, there were moments, and I hope they're past and they're on a, way, on a positive direction. Now. Yeah, yeah. Corey, what do you what have you guys learned working together as a family? Have there been some some secrets and sort of tips that you can pass on to other family-owned businesses in terms of not just working together, but aligning vision, where the company is going, how to solve problems when there's challenges? That's a great question. I think just the, the history of our family, we got I just got very lucky the way we grew up. Yeah. Um, very close knit. Just I think the number one thing is that we don't have any grudges against each other. Right. That there's no ill will towards anyone. Yeah, and most of those things are like water under the bridge, and we we're friends, we're funny, we joke a lot. Yeah. So, you know, those are some things that are. But you know, during work, you know, there are definitely moments where we need to be focused on work, and yeah, and sometimes that could be. But again, we intermix it with with jokes. At the end of the day, yeah, you know, it's it's family first. Strategy in terms of strategy and where the business is going. You're you you pretty much find alignment after all these years? Have there been times where you had to make some critical decisions in terms of where the business is going that that can be stressful? What did you learn through that? Yeah, I think that as far as like vision and alignment is based on like what the industry needs are, like it's yeah. pretty common sense. We're not, no yeah. one's out to um, drive one direction and say this is the way or no way because it's, some of it's logical. Right. That this is where the industry is going and we need to get in that way in order to grow. And then we show that we, we prove that by, by, you know, by growth or yeah. whether it's other people working for us, things like that. Brady, any comments you want to add to that? Well, I wanted to mention that I think what's best is we use our strengths, yeah. you know, where my dad is really motivating and loves new product selection. And Corey maybe always uses the term. He like, you know, there's someone that makes the sausage and someone eats the sausage. And right. Corey is a little bit of our sausage maker, I guess you'd say. Yeah. So everyone's using their skill set, all like my dad said, all in the right direction. Right. 
How did you define those roles? Did you just sort of understand and fit those? You had those passions? If it was hard, Corey did it. And if, <laughs> <laughs> and anything else, we would just divvy up. Yeah. And I would go on vacation. And that's the yeah, We out. encourage my dad to travel as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. that the secret? That's how the family, that's that's, how the family that's business how works? The, uh, yeah, that's the hot fudge on the uh, ice cream. That's they, great. Just go away for a while. I mean, me and my brothers, we'd be arm wrestling over every decision. You know, maybe, maybe we would. That'd be a no-brainer. <laughs> I'm a loser. <laughs> what about succession plan? You know, you've get, what have you, are you, Elliot, are you semi-retired? Are you in the business every day? You, you can't, like? you cannot personally be semi-retire from this industry. No, you can't. I would agree. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm, yeah. I'm a great, I went accounting and accounting, yeah. but this industry to me personally, is, as long as my brain is working, there's yeah. so many ideas that come through yeah. and we have made some major not succession, but changes in the dynamic of the company. And I'm happy. I'm excited about it. The boys wanted it and I hope they're happy with it. I am. I, I don't, I don't know as much as I know yeah. the, the, how to make the thing go. I, I know what I know. I'm old, right. I'm old fashioned, old school. Right. right. I look at things and, and that's how I, I, I want to grow. Well, I, somebody made the comment to me this week that nobody retires from this business. I think that's kind of an interesting comment. And it's, I think it's true what you just said. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how you can. I mean, it's right. just, you come here and, and every little item makes sure it, it's what's great about this industry, yeah. I think. Yeah. Give us an idea. Give us a better perspective. I mean, Blue Sky is a big company and you guys, a lot of folks, I know when you showed up, Brady, to, to help on a panel that we did at a sales conference, there were folks in the room that showed up just because you guys were there which I thought was interesting. That's how much of a mark you've made on the market. Corey, tell us a little bit about your business so we can get a better understanding. Do you focus on program business? Is it, is it, is it customization? What, what, if you had to define your niche, what would you say that is? Yeah, I would say there's a couple of things. I don't think it's like a, a secret. We see, probably have met with 90% of our clients literally in a conference yeah. room and met with them and presented them products and solutions for them. So we're not doing like all this online business. We're not driving traffic to our website so they could just buy something and work with some random person. And we understand that's out there and those people are doing very well, but that's just not the way that we've, we would ever run our business. And we're not looking to franchise out and get all these people just so we can have a bunch of people here and trying to manage a bunch of people. That's not the way we'll do it. That's not the way we're ever going to do it. We just do it organically with people who want to, that we like, that are friendly, that are funny, that are intelligent. So that's kind of like our model of like how we grow. So it's not like explosive growth, but so that's one way. And then just like getting more in the online solutions and, and, you know, our clients are, are young, they're tech savvy. They expect things that are almost like Amazon and we're trying to deliver that to them, that experience. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, hats off to common skew because that you, you guys are reaching that, the demographic mm. and that's why. I mean, it's, I, I know I'm plugging this, but the truth is that we were going to go with common skew, you know, six or seven years ago when we met with Catherine and we just weren't ready for it. But, uh, it's always been in the back of our head. And, and as you probably know, we're full steam ahead like this year. So. Yeah. yeah. Since we're on that subject and typically, so you guys know on the podcast, we don't really talk about common skew every now and then we may, but on this topic, what led you why don't we start with Brady and then we'll go back to you, Corey, unless I've got roles reversed here and you guys are happy to switch. But what led you to consider common skew and what has that transformation been like? I think structure was something that we were just all craving for and having a, 
a process that everybody followed that we could you know, collaborate together, help each other with, have a uniformity of our brand and our messaging, and just to have better time management. I mean, just put it all together where no more excuses and common excuses helped so much in so many facets of my personal business. And it's really exciting to fold it through everyone in the company now. Yeah. Corey, one of the things that folks are really concerned about, I know when, when I was running a distributorship, you know, we, there was so much complexity for our business. We had fulfillment and pick, pack and ship and e-commerce and, and pulling trigger on a ERP solution for your business is no small decision. On the other side of this, now that you've been on board, was that an easier process than you expected? You know, we're going through it literally right now because yeah. we started it at the beginning of the year for right. accounting reasons, you know, right. just to be in line with. So, you know, the transition from on the accounting side is a little bit more difficult because yeah. things overlap. But, you know, the process as far as like putting an order in and yeah. saying an order, it's just, it's different, but everyone's done it thousands of times. Yeah. So it's just a different way of doing it. Yeah. We've been using it for a long time, just in the front end, you know, for presentations and right. estimates, but we now have completely converted to, you know, sending orders through yeah. and doing invoicing and billing and so on and so forth. A question, I'm going to leap back to another topic and maybe we can splice into that topic with this. What led to this exponential growth last year, do you think? Was this anything specific that you guys had done? I'm curious about that. I think it was actually two years ago when we had several people, top people leave our company and start a, a competitive business oh. against ours. And while at the time it was painful, you know, personally and, you know, financially for the company, it, it opened up space for us to actually do what we need to do. What do, you all, mean, what do you mean do what you need to do? Move in a direction where we weren't waiting on someone else to make uh, the decisions that were not in line with maybe what should have been done. I got you. Okay. Um, they're, they were focused probably on their own vision and starting their own company rather than building Blue Sky at, yeah. at, at that time. Right. So, in fact, we know that that would be the case. So, once this was gone, we realized that we could... We banded together, so we definitely got closer yeah. and worked longer to fill the gaps, recoup some of the people that we had lost, some clients, and then rebuilt and became just like more efficient yeah. and focused on the bigger clients and started doing more, more specs, more virtuals, more, you know, we got a lot of support from our vendors yeah. and then, you know, tying this in with, with software and offering online solutions to our clients. That's what's, you know, kind of locked them. And our clients grew. Thankfully, our clients yeah. just also got bigger. That's an interesting part of your journey that happened, how that rallied everyone around this passionate vision toward what the brand is. And it's one of the benefits of Common Excuses, we were just talking about that a minute ago, is building equity in your own company and actually in the brand, as opposed to having these sales rep driven business model that can walk away with your business. Folks instead are buying from Blue Sky. Right. And that's, and that's something we, that's something that we transitioned to as well. Yeah. Brady, you want to comment on any of that? I, want, I don't want to leave you hanging on it. So, okay. We were remiss to say when you meant how we started a little bit, my dad always said, you know, you can't retire off one order, Yeah. which always meant you just got to grind and grind and take them all in. And you know, when we go into a sales call, I, I say, you know, listen, anybody can be a penny cheaper, but you know, reliability, service, and all the added values we bring to the, to the table really sets us apart. Yeah. And another thing we've added, I think, and really a positive is account managers. Yeah. There's something new in our world for us. You know, we do it ourselves, but these account managers. They give, me, give me an idea what, what the account manager does. Makes, frees up our top salespeople and everybody to, 
to do what they do best. Okay. Seeing a cl- seeing a client talking, okay. and my mine, and I'm not the top salesperson by any means, but my assistant, she's amazing. Yeah. It gives me an opportunity to think about the ideas. I'm here, and she's already taking care of all of my clients. Yeah. And all I would say that for everybody. And that's a real important factor in our company in the last couple of years. That's a very insightful comment and interesting what you guys did because we typically landlock our sales reps in this business where they're, they, they come into the business and they have to go out and get the business and then they develop the business, suddenly have the book of business and all those skills, they, they, the skill that they developed and the muscle they developed to go land new business, they sort of they get muscle atrophy because now they're working on a different skill set, which is managing accounts. And so it sounds like you built this managing accounts portion so that salespeople could go f- be freed up to go call on business and, and get new business and be proactive. Yeah, that's what we, we invested in it because, yeah. you know, these are people that that's are- That's a big investment. It's a big investment. It is. And it's something that in the, back in the day, that's something we wouldn't have done. We would right. just had a commission-based salesperson yeah. And, yeah. and gone that route. But. That's great. Brady, how this is a big deal because I think there's other distributors listening to this and one of the weakest areas in building a business, successful business in this industry is that new business component. How do you go out and get that instead of uh, hamstringing yourself? When did this take place and, and, and how long have you now had this account manager layer? We've had account managers for high earning salespeople for about seven, eight years now, but we are going to try to grow that aspect of our business to really build some blue sky house accounts yeah. that our account managers I love that. could build on. Do, are these folks salary plus yeah. bonus, salary plus commission? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So when we had company stores, that's one of the things we had to do too. We wanted more house accounts. We wanted to build equity in the, the brand itself. And then we went to move to a more salary plus situation. Since we're here at the end of a decade and we're looking forward, Mark and I just interviewed uh, Paul Bellantone and Tim Andrews uh, right before you guys came in on a look back over the past 10 years. And I didn't have this in our list of questions, so I'm going to ask it this way. As we look back on the past decade and we're looking forward to another decade, what do you guys think have been the biggest changes that have had a positive impact on your business over the past 10 years? Has that been uh, a change in how people perceive the product itself has that been the way we've organized our infrastructure what i could cory go ahead i'll talk to like on the logistics side i think yeah. a lot of our vendors are you know you don't miss deadlines anymore yeah. one because you have obviously fedex and ups can do overnight and back right. in the day you know that was something that couldn't be done but yeah. our vendors are you know doing one day turns three day turns five day turns at no no additional charge they're also doing full color imprints so it's you know direct to garment or digital printing allows for like very quick turnarounds and one piece minimums. So things like that have made it very easy for, yeah. for us to like not have to worry about missing, you know, missing a deadline or doing something incorrectly or whatever it might be. So that was, that was very helpful yeah. in the last 10 years. And so, you can, oh, I'm go sorry. ahead, Elliot. Go ahead. Uh, you could just see the quality and variety of product that we now can offer our clients. True. Right. When I first started the business, I remember yeah. CrossPen, for example, yeah. wouldn't sell us. Only three distributors in the state of Illinois yeah. would it. Today, there's nobody who will not sell us. Right. And you go either apparel business out there now, we are better than retail. Yeah. We are stronger than retail. Yeah. So there is no fear yeah. anymore in the future of what we can go after and yeah. do. I agree with you. Someone, on the, to the point of speed, someone mentioned to me, you know, that Amazon has actually done us a favor, even though it's 
even though it's very difficult that customers now expect it tomorrow. That's also presented a very profitable opportunity for us as well. And I love your comment, Elliot. I, I too have seen the sophistication of the industry, not only the sophistication of the client, what they expect of us. We're doing more complex projects than before. We're doing more, more creative projects than ever before. And the product itself, respectability of branded merchandise has, has risen over the past decade. There's so much there. Looking forward, what do you guys think are going to be the biggest challenges in the next decade as we face looking ahead? You know, like the, the buyer has changed in our industry, you know, I think the consumer is going to ultimately change and not quite sure what their, what floats their boat really is going to be, you know, really what's going to be, is it tech? Is it sustainability? Is it lifestyle? You know, what is that next new category? Um, I think from an industry standpoint, I think there's a lot of consolidation right now and a lot of big, big companies are buying other companies and, you know, my biggest fear is that they're they're getting too big where they're going to lose that customer service aspect or just lose that uh, there's what how they used to do things or our reps are going to change and the people that we liked and that did really well are now maybe managing a lot more than they used to different larger product lines. So I'm just concerned about this a, a lot of this these companies merging together and then losing some of this customer service that we've enjoyed for so long. I've heard that voiced a lot. That's a big concern for folks. I just think we should never be complacent. I'm concerned about outside forces other than our customers that can create problems in, in any industry. Yeah. So I think we should always grow. I mean, the assumption to go out and get new clients, new businesses, diversify the most you can, as best as you can. I just worry about the economy in general. Yeah. We don't have to be a part of it. We could be part of a problem that we didn't even. True. Create. For 2020, are you optimistic, Elliot? Oh, God, yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we, I mean, I just can't. Our salespeople, like today at breakfast, it's, there's humming, there's talking, there's excitement. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Never had that much uh, talking and about positive things and projects and people. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and then, you go, then you get your emails from your account, account, exec, account uh, uh, executives handling everything about it. I mean, it's, just, it's really great. I mean, really, seriously, it's a, a very strong future for us. It sounds like, and you guys are, are, are being very respectful of maybe the challenges and the personalities involved in some of the challenges you've had, but it sounds like you've had some bigger setbacks than you really want to discuss publicly, and that resiliency has been a big part of your transformation. Yeah, I'm really proud to be at a better point today than we were yesterday, so to speak, based on our resilience of survival and the great work ethic that our dad has instilled in us to keep growing, keep grinding, don't be satisfied. And, and we were brought down to our knees a little bit on some personal and professional setbacks, but it makes us stronger. It has made us stronger. And like I said, put us in a really positive point today. Yeah. Corey, was that experience in a sense then a wake-up call? And it really just was a call to action for everybody in, in the business? Did you find more alignment through that? I, you know, I, it, I, I, absolutely. Yeah. We all came together and I actually became president. So I actually took a, a more of a role, less of like sales and more of like operations and help the direction of where we were going and spent more time on that. Well, probably equal amount of time on that than with clients. So yeah, that was definitely a turning point. And it's honestly, it's, it was the best thing that ever happened to us. Elliot, let's let you have the last word. You're sitting with 
a young distributor who just got into the business over coffee. And there you have a few brief moments and they've asked you for 10, 15 minutes of your time. And they say, what do you think the secret of success is in this business? Wow. You know, everybody can say hard work and everybody can say things. I, I think honesty, your client or whoever you're working with, you, you have to look in their eyes. What, where, what are they looking for? What do they want? And if you keep doing that from one year to one day, you'll find out that the client will be not only a money for you, but also a friend, someone who can trust, and they will make you grow in the company. I just think you should never stop asking questions, never never stop asking why, and, and, and always learn more. This industry is made for you. It's this industry is, is for young people. It, we need young people. We're, it, it, I've seen a lot of the people in this industry and I, have disappeared and gone and, and companies, but if you're young in this industry, there is no excuse for success. Hmm. What I love about your reply is I was just visiting with the president of one of the largest companies in the industry today, so president of a billion-dollar company, and we were discussing today the heart of success in this business, and that is getting closer to the customer, understanding them incredibly well, and understanding their why, and your voice of, of experience validates, of course, all of that, so I'm, I agree 100%. It's a it's an excellent answer. Thanks for wrapping this up. Yeah. You guys, thank you for joining me. Blue Sky, thanks you. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Skewcast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to Skewcast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonskew.com. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.